1: All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report Ashley Babbitt's husband on January 6th, her murder, and justice. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked, and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this very important edition of the Ledger Report.
0: There was a time, a time before cable. When the local anchor man reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger.
1: I want to ask you did you order the assassination of uh, the woman? who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman. Do you know that four hundred and fifty individuals were arrested after entering the Congress? And they didn't go there to steal a laptop. They came with political demands. Four hundred and fifty people have been detained. They're facing they're looking they're they're looking at jail time between fifteen and twenty five years and they came to the Congress with political demands. Isn't that prosecution for political opinions, some have been accused of plotting to topple, to take over government power. Some are accused of uh, robbery. They didn't go there to rob. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. It takes the president of our enemy to talk about Ashley Babbitt. How pathetic are we as a political peace Of government that we are right now. How pathetic are we that it takes Vladimir Putin to talk about Ashley Babbitt and the fact that she was killed? Some say murdered. Some say executed. And we'll hear from Congressman Gozar using the term execution. No matter how you want to frame it, Ashley Babbitt is dead. And I have looked at that video, and I've looked at it again, and it's hard to watch. And I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to warn you. It's only about 30 seconds long, but it is the death, the murder, the execution of Ashley Babbitt. And we're going to hear from Gozar just before that, and we just heard from Putin here. But it takes the president of our enemy to even talk about Ashley Babbitt. And what happened on January 6th. And I have said this before and I'll say it again. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer and all you other Marxist bigots out there who hate Trump supporters. You're bigots. What happened on January 6th was not an insurrection. Oh, an insurrection might be coming. But it's not going to look like that. It's not going to look like. And by the way, how big was the crowd that day? 99.9% of whom was totally peaceful. I've heard upwards of 5 million. You know, you're not going to hear this in the mainstream media. You're not going to see this report in the mainstream media. We are going to talk with Ashley Babbitt's husband about what happened on January 6th and justice for Ashley. This may be the most important ledger report I have ever done. Because, yes, it's about a human life that was snuffed out, taken away. And if you look at the video, and you'll get a chance to look at it again, Ashley Babbitt was not being an aggressor in this video. Ashley Babbitt was not trying to force her way through the windows, the, There's windows on the door, to, I, I guess they were in the Congressional Chamber, in the House of Representatives. I'm not exactly sure where this was in the Capitol. But the bottom line is, You can clearly see Ashley Babbitt was backed off. And people were saying, you can hear them say, oh, there's a gun. And they backed off. Guy has a gun. So this person who shot Ashley Babbitt, identified only as a lieutenant uh, in the uh, Capitol Police, who's now been exonerated, and we're going to talk about this with Ashley Babbitt's husband, is clearly brandishing a firearm. You can hear people say he's got a gun, and they back off. They back off, ladies and gentlemen, yet Ashley Babbitt was shot. And the investigation's over, at least according to the D.C. Metro Police and Department of Justice, Joe Biden's Department of Justice, they closed the case, case closed. I suppose it's justifiable use of force is what they're saying. Oh, really? Imagine if that was um, a black person trying to redress grievances in the Capitol on behalf of Black Lives Matter. How the media media is completely ignoring what Putin said, but how the narrative would be so different. And by the way, we do have this thing called the First Amendment and petitioning government. Was this just a unorthodox form of petitioning government? It's right there, Schumer, Pelosi, Biden and company, right there in the First Amendment. Our right to petition government doesn't say how, doesn't say exactly, you have to write it down. It says we have a right to petition government. And wasn't Ashley Babbitt doing exactly that on January 6th? This program is brought to you by My Pillow and Mike Lindell. Please go to MyPillow.com, put Ledger in the promo code box, get up to 66% off. It's also brought to you by Relief Factor, which is wonderful if you have aches and pains. It's a homeopathic remedy for aches and pains. I have them all over the left side of my body, my knee, my shoulder, my back, and it works. ReliefFactor.com forward slash Ledger, or you can call 833-425-7246, 833 425 7246. One more time, 833 425 7246. These are all on my website on grahamledger.com. Um, links to my pillow and to Relief Factor. Please uh, support these sponsors, and you will be supporting Graham Ledger and the Ledger Report. This is how we work. Also, you'll be supporting uh, Donald Trump. And Look for my 4524 t shirts coming. I don't have a copy of one right here, right now. I should have had one. I'm not prepared. Uh, Because this program is so important. And also, you can answer the ledger register on the website, GrahamLedger.com. It asks the question, Is the mass exodus of patriots, conservative patriots from California, a good thing? Is it? I don't know. But I'll tell you what is a good thing, is reviewing the facts. And a few people on Capitol Hill have the guts to talk about Ashley Babbitt in a way that millions of Americans talk about Ashley Babbitt. And one of them is the congressman uh, who's been on my program many times, Congressman Gozar, Paul Gozar from Arizona, asking FBI Director Christopher Ray. I don't know why Donald Trump didn't fire Ray. he is the swamp. I know he appointed him, could fire him too. Look, the guy is—he's a—he's a—he's a swamp creature. He's one of the largest swamp creatures in the swamp, and he's so smug. I hate that. And so Gozar is asking multiple questions, and he asks Christopher Ray this: "Roll tape." Director Ray, do you know who executed Ashley Babbitt? I, no, I don't know the name of the person okay. who. Okay. So was do you agree that Ashley Babbitt, Babbitt was unarmed? No, I really can't weigh in on the facts and circumstances of that case. As you may know, that was investigated by the uh, D.C. Metro's Internal Affairs Department with the DOJ Civil Rights Division and the U.S. Attorney's
0: Office. And the FBI is not investigative agents. Yeah, it's disturbing. The Capitol Police
1: officer that did the shooting actually appeared, appeared to be hiding, lying in wait, and then gave no warning before killing her. Question again: Why hasn't that officer that executed Ashley Babbitt been named? When police officers around the country are routinely identified after a shooting? Comment on that case. It's not one that we've been directly involved in, so I really can't agree or disagree with your characterization. Sounds good. Do you approve of lethal force against unarmed citizens, particularly a 110-pound woman with no warning, no use of no uh, no use of non-lethal force prior and while laying in wait? Stop the tape. Now, that may be the most important soundbite there, lying in wait. Again, I'm going to play the video. I'm warning you now. I'm going to play the video and then we're going to talk with uh, Ashley's husband. Um, But the video is pretty clear to me and I don't want to taint how you look at the video. I'm going to play it again. Remember, the circumstances around January 6th and Biden and all that was it, it was a whirlwind, right? I, a lot of things were happening at once. I was giving a speech in Los Angeles on January 6th. I was not in Washington, D.C. And so so many things happened all at once. And then um, Trump leaves office and then Rush Limbaugh dies. It's it's important that we don't let this one die. And we got to thank Congressman Gozar for this. OK, because justice has not been served. He asked some valid questions there. And of course, Ray is not going to answer. And he uses the veil of, well, we weren't involved in the investigation. And then if they were involved in the investigation, he'd say, well, I can't comment about specifics of the case. You know this the way this goes. It's a joke. It's a joke. Ashley Babbitt was unarmed. That's a fact. Ashley Babbitt was backed off. And you can see it clearly in the in the video. That's a fact. The other fact is this person who shot her is a lieutenant in the Capitol Hill Police Force. That's a fact. He fired one shot. That's a fact. And we know. I think it was one shot. I'm fairly certain it was one shot. I wasn't part of the investigation, but on the video, it's pretty clear it's one shot. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because when police officers discharge their firearm, they rarely fire one shot. So was this an accidental discharge? Okay. Well, if it is, then we deserve to know. And we deserve, as Congressman Gozar, pointed out we deserve to know the name of this guy. How come we know the names of Mark Furman? How come we know the names of the, of the, of the shooters of uh, you know downtown riots? We know the names, they're plastered all over the media. And these police officers are either fired or run out of town. How come we know their names? Why don't we know the name of the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Don't we deserve to know the answer to that question? All right. Now, I've warned you enough, okay? This is a clip. It's about 30 seconds long. At first, on January 6th, out in front of the, um, I guess out in front of the the, um, House of Representatives, the well of the House of Representatives, I, I believe these are the doors. It's like a set of double doors with glass and then another set of double doors. And then first there were some officers wearing masks out in front of the doors, and then they left, and so that left it wide open for some of these uh, malcontents. And Ashley Babbitt, not in this video as far as I can see, is not one of the malcontents. She was just there. But some of these guys are smashing the windows, and that obviously is a crime, Right. If they peacefully went into the capital to address government, redress government, whatever, petition government, I don't know how exactly you can be charged with a crime. Where they crossed the line was violence. Where they crossed the line was theft. And as Vladimir Putin uh, pointed out, they didn't go there necessarily to steal a laptop, but they committed crimes. And if you commit a crime, you should be held responsible. But this is not an insurrection. Like I said, Nancy... You will know an insurrection when you see one. And if you keep pushing white males and discarding white males and discarding white males as part of the history and the development of this country from the Constitution to today, you're gonna push people, white males. White males are attacked in this country, white males are marginalized in this country. It's disgusting. Shouldn't be based on the color of your skin, but if you keep pushing a group of people at some point, yeah. You're gonna have an insurrection. You're gonna You're gonna regret it, let's put it that way. And I'm not advocating one. And I'm not making a threat either. Just to be clear, alright? I'm just saying I know human beings. And if you push them to the limit, as white males are being pushed right now, at some point there's a break point. Now. Back to the video. You've been warned. I'm going to play it for you. I'm not going to preface it anymore. Okay? Roll tape. you saw what I saw. Again, you've probably seen it before. Maybe you have Maybe it's the first time you've seen it. But it's pretty clear what happened here. And that is, okay, he's got a gun. They're bashing the windows. That's not good, right? They're just bashing the windows. They haven't even breached those doors. They're bashing them. Oh, he's got a gun. They back off, clearly. And some are still at the doors, but nothing has happened. I see nobody with a firearm in uh, in terms of these uh, the malcontents that are bashing the windows or the people around them. And Ashley Babbitt was around them. One fought, shot fired, as far as I know. Again, you can watch, you can replay this video as much as you want. Replay it, rewind it, and have another look. I've looked, and I've looked, and I've looked. It's like the Zapruder film. Ashley Babbitt was not armed. Ashley Babbitt was in that group. Apparently, the guy next to her, the guy with the mask on, he's lucky he wasn't shot. But there was only, as far as I know, one shot fired. Why? Why was there one shot fired? Don't we deserve to know the results of this, quote, investigation? How did they conduct the investigation? Who did they talk to? What is the name of the officer? Did they use a Ouija board? Did they use a Ouija board? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? And then they got on there? Oh, nobody. Case closed? I want to know. Joining me now is the husband of the late Ashley Babbitt, Aaron Babbitt. Aaron, I want to let you know, on behalf of uh, the folks who watch this program and the folks who don't watch this program, the Patriots, the millions of Patriots out there, I want to thank you for uh, even speaking to me uh, on behalf of Ashley and justice for Ashley. Because as you know, there are millions of people who you've never met who want to know what's going on. And I'm sure this has been a very hard four or five months Uh, six months for you Uh, it hasn't been easy but um, I I just want to remind you that there are million, literally millions tens of millions of Americans who support you and um, and justice um, for Ashley which is what you're seeking and I want to begin with January 6th how do you quantify January 6th in your mind you know you hear Nancy Pelosi talk about it she says it's an insurrection you you look at it that way
0: I didn't see an insurrection. Um, I can only speak from my wife's uh, point of view and what I know about how, you know, when she went there and, and why she went there. Um, Ashley made that decision to go there. We were down in Cabo. We we go to Cabo for Christmas. Um, and she just blatantly, in, in the middle of the week, just said, I think I'm going to go to D.C. on the 6th. I said, Ash, you know, we... Uh, we're coming off a two weeks vacation. Like, that's the first week we're back, you know, running the business. It's like, I know, but it's probably the only time I'm ever going to get to see Donald Trump speak, and I'm not I'm not passing that up. Um, and when we got home, it was New Year's Eve. She bought the plane ticket. So, I mean, Ashley was no part of any planned anything. She went there by herself, you know, and that's not odd. I mean, I know that sounds odd to people, but Ashley was definitely you know, beat to her own drum, march to her own drum. And uh, so she went there to see the president speak.
1: Uh, you run a pool service in uh, Southern California, right? San Diego County? Yes,
0: yeah, San Diego County. Okay.
1: And, and Ashley uh, worked it with you, correct?
0: Ashley ran it. I mean, you know, she was the brains behind it. I still have to go into my office every day and see her desk sitting there, which yeah. is excruciating.
1: Also excruciating for you is watching, I'm sure, the video that you've probably seen. Maybe you haven't seen, maybe you've seen it a hundred times. But when I look at that video, it's uh, infuriating to me, and it's difficult for me to digest the fact that the case you know, investigation uh, by the D.C. Metro Police, I guess the Attorney General was involved, uh, District of Columbia, as well as the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice for Joe Biden, and then they conclude, uh, I don't know exactly what they concluded. First of all, let's start with what you conclude when you look at that video. What, what do you conclude?
0: So obviously I have seen the video. I, I, I do everything I can not to watch it. Right. Uh, I saw it the first day, obviously the sixth. That's how I identified my wife before anybody else did. Um, what I saw was agitators breaking those windows and then I saw police officers moving away from those doors uh, and with Ashley's experience in law enforcement, you know, she was a police officer for 14 years in the military people. A lot of people don't know that or um, remember that. But you know, she, when they moved away from those doors, I truly believe Ashley in her head that said, well, they just opened this up for me. so." I'm going to go in there and you know what? Maybe she wanted to be the first one on that side of history that sat in that chamber and disrupted what they were doing in there, you know, because she had a constitutional right to be there and to to, to speak her voice and to have her voice heard. And honestly, I think her some more than others with the amount of times that she's been sent overseas in defense of our nation, you know, um, we're all well versed in the use of force continuum. Myself, I carried a gun for 10 years actually carried a gun for 14 years we know the use of force continuum so there's no possible way in hell that my wife with no weapons on her her hands clearly visible empty occupied with that door frame could have seen a gun pointed at her or somebody yelling at her to get back because if she saw or heard either of those i guarantee you she's back. okay this got serious apparently something else is going on here why have they just let me in and this guy's going to blow me away
1: right and uh, and and when i look at the video i see people i heard someone say he's got a gun and they back off some backed off some didn't but the bottom line is there was no breach of those doors from from what i saw and so that leads us to the quote investigation uh what do you know about the investigation and and did they con did the investigators contact you
0: Uh, like three times Uh, you know the night of the 6th I heard from two different people it was Congressman Daryl Issa uh, and he was confused as to why he was calling me uh, because I don't live in his district and I found out that uh, it's because my business is in his district Uh, but he was confused as to why my congressman wasn't calling me which I have no desire to speak with him at this point but I heard from a homicide detective with DC Metro. That quickly turned into me getting a phone call from internal affairs, DC Metro. So homicide, it quickly transferred it to internal affairs and apparently internal affairs for DC Metro is investigating an external department. I don't really know how that works, but from the get-go, you know, there's videos of it all I don't know how much of an investigation you could do because they cleaned the crime scene up within 10 minutes. And that was a crime scene. They cleaned it up, mopped it up, threw her beanie down in her blood, drug her out upside down. And, uh, I don't know what the invest, how much of an investigation could happen because later on in February, first week of February, it got leaked out that they weren't going to be recommending charges, but the investigation was ongoing. So two things wrong happened there. Either it was leaked and and D.C. Metro leadership didn't squash it or it was actually just leaked and they didn't say, yeah, we allowed that or anything, you know. So then you fast forward to April and that's when they want to call me and Terry and say we've officially closed our investigation. Like, yeah, well, thanks. I mean, you've been wasting money at this point because you haven't been investigating anything, you know.
1: Um, Terry, you just mentioned, is your, your counsel. You retained yes, counsel sir. here. And Terry, I've spoken with, uh, and he is pursuing through the Freedom of Information Act FOIA requests uh, a lot of information. And so, uh, to put it um, in my words, you can put it in your words it, the case may be closed, but it's not closed, is it, in, in your mind, that you're going to pursue whatever avenue you need to pursue here?
0: Yeah. I mean, we had to submit. Well, that's I'm not going to say they screwed up, but Capitol Police completely absolved from FOIA. Don't have to answer to it. Don't even have to acknowledge it. But they handed it off to D.C. Metro, Mm -hmm. which they are very much subject to FOIA. So we submitted those Freedom Freedom of Information Act requests to them. They had two weeks to give us what we were asking for, which is just all everything that they pulled from that investigation, mm-hmm. or they had two weeks to you know tell us to kick rocks, and they didn't either. They didn't either. They just didn't even acknowledge it. Like, whatever, you know. I, I, it's just you see how that swamp really works up there in D.C. It's it's if you're if you're under the cloud of you know the mayor or the, the speaker or. You don't have to do anything if you're on their side. Just you just know you're covered.
1: It's disgusting, and I think it goes all the way up to the top of for Ray. And uh, you know he doesn't doesn't either seem to care or or he's part of the uh, the 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 effort. I think it's a cover-up here. So
0: I I did too. But I got one more thing. And if this investigation's over, so it's June now. It's been over since April. I still don't have my wife's stuff. I'm still paying on a phone that they won't give me back, Hmm. you know, and what do I do? Report it lost, stolen? It's not lost or stolen. I mean, technically maybe it's stolen, but eventually they should give it back to me. But they're still holding on to all this stuff. And if it's over, then why?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously your attorney is going to try and uh, resolve. That issue. There are a lot of unanswered questions, and we understand that there's other evidence out there that is not being released by the Capitol Hill police. For example, there's a lot of video that they're apparently sitting on. Um, You know, why why would an officer discharge a firearm one single shot like that? My question is, was that a a, you know was it an accidental shot, shot? You know, because you know you have law enforcement experience. That's kind of odd. The whole thing is is strange, and these are questions that you deserve answers to and these tens of millions of Americans who support you deserve answers to as well. But before I let you go, uh, I I just wanted to ask you about Ashley herself, because, you know, we've seen and I'm sure you try and avoid these headlines, but you swerve into them once in a while in the front, especially from the mainstream media. What do we need to know uh, about Ashley and your relationship? I don't want to delve into it too much, but I know you met in the United States military. Was it the Marine Corps?
0: Uh, We did not meet in the military. No, we met civilian side. She was actually on the back end of her um, contract with the D.C. National Guard. I was in the Marine Corps uh, 2000, 2005. We were working in nuclear security when we met each other. All
1: right. So what do we need to know
0: that that we don't know about your wife? to, to use the word uh, patriotic is is an understatement. I mean, July 4th was more of a holiday to her than Christmas. Um, you know, she signed up, drug her parents down to the recruiting office at 17 years old to sign up for the Air Force and left as soon as she could. Um, she spent four tours overseas in some of the worst places that you could ever, you know, imagine. You know, and I've, I've had these talks with her and it's just that she was put in some places that were so awful that they wouldn't even let them go on R&R because they were scared that they wouldn't come back I mean and then to fast forward to when we met she was actually scheduled for her fifth and she had made that decision she's like I can't leave you for that long and I'm tired of doing this so you know she got out we were living in Maryland we, we rolled across the country back here this is where she grew up um, and we you know, started our life together um, and it's it's hard every day waking up and putting my feet on the ground knowing that you know I don't have my best friend anymore. Um, we literally spent 18 hours a day together, you know, Monday through Friday, and 48 hours on the weekends. I mean, we were just always together. And to have that just ripped away from you in one moment, it's like you just your inside just evacuate your body. Um, she was everybody's friend. Uh, everybody that met her loved her. Um, she loved animals. There wasn't a single week that'd go by that I wouldn't show up in my office. It'd be some stray dog sitting in there like, Ash, where did this come from? Well, I was running down the street and not want to get hit. Are you going to find some place to bring it? Yeah, I called, but if not, I'm just going to bring it home and I'll try again tomorrow, you know. Um, she loved talking uh, to people about politics. That was one of her favorite things to do. And it didn't matter what side you were on. She actually appreciated it if you were on the other side. Because she loved those opposing views, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it would always end with a fist bump, a hug, or, you know, and let's, go, let's go drink a beer. You know, that's that's who Ashley was. She loved life. Every day she woke up loving life, loving herself, and loving, you know, our life.
1: She loved this country, and she loved Donald Trump, apparently, too. So much so, uh, she did. go to D.C. where it's freezing cold and in January versus going to Cabo in January when it's 90 degrees. And... So that pretty much um, says it all, and you know for you Marines or former marines in the united States out there in the United States, and they say once a marine, always a marine, if this boils your blood, if you 're not a former marine and it boils your blood, uh, there are ways to help this man, and uh, Aaron, you have a, not a go fund me don 't go to go fund me. you have something called give, send go. can you tell me about that
0: give send go is a uh Crowdfunding uh, website. Apparently, it's been deemed um, better than Go funding, if I can put that into a word. But, um,
1: Christian based?
0: Yeah, it's Christian based. And uh, Terry uh, Terrell Roberts, my attorney, has set it up. All that money goes directly to him and his firm. And this is to offset costs that is going to just be insurmountable. Um,
1: so if, if, nope. if, if folks go to givesendgo.com, They put in, what, Justice for Ashley Babbitt?
0: Justice for Ashley Babbitt. Justice for Ashley Babbitt, and that'll pull it up. And that is going to go to all these expert witnesses and everything we need in this David vs. Goliath fight.
1: And the FOIA requests, which uh, uh, could be crucial. And by the way, Judicial Watch is an expert at these FOIA requests, and they're doing some, not necessarily on your behalf, but some that could be useful Uh, to your uh, investigation. So it's givesendgo.com, and then there's a little search icon, and you put in there justice for Ashley Babbitt. That's all you need. It'll come right up. I just did it. Um, It worked. If this makes your blood boil and you want to focus your energy in a positive direction, this is a way to do it. And another way to do it, by the way, I think, Aaron, you would agree, is to not let this go and to remind people and talk to people about your late wife, would you agree?
0: Every single day, please, just say her name, talk about her, you know. We can't let it just go away, and that's what is, I think they're expecting, is that we're not gonna, you know, have the gas to run, you know, through this fight, and I'm strapped in, and I'm not giving up for my wife. My wife's voice was stripped from her, and it's now mine, so. I will spend the rest of my days speaking for my wife and demanding justice for her.
1: This is about justice for Ashley, but it's also about justice for all Americans who happen to care about the United States Constitution, due process, and just human rights uh, in this case. So, Aaron, thank you very much for speaking with us and sharing your story. And um, I know there are millions of people, tens of millions of people who support you, uh, and they will support you in this endeavor. So God bless you, and uh, Semper Fi. Hurrah. Thank you, Grant. Appreciate it. Patriots. There's a patriot. Aaron Babbitt, the husband of the late Ashley Babbitt. Yet we have these headlines from the mainstream media, like this one from CNN just a couple days ago. To some, this is the headline. I'm just quoting, okay? Don't shoot the messenger here. To some, she's a patriot. To others, a domestic terrorist. How the memory of a woman killed in the Capitol riot got so politicized. Well, at least they used the word riot instead of insurrection. Um, largely was not a riot, largely was a peaceful gathering and a group of people who suspected that government was trouncing and is trouncing on their constitutional rights, their God given birthright of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness being trashed. So these people went to Washington, D.C. to support Donald Trump. And a few of them got out of control and should be held accountable through just the normal legal process. And one of them never came home. Her name is Ashley Babbitt. And to CNN, when you write a nasty headline like that, How exactly, CNN, is Ashley Babbitt a domestic terrorist? The answer is, let me educate you. She's not. She was not a domestic terrorist. She was a patriot who happened to care about the United States and legal and fair elections and cared, yeah, about a guy named Donald Trump. So to you, CNN... I will answer the question, if it is a question. Is she a domestic terrorist or is she a patriot? The answer is Ashley Babbitt is a patriot and Ashley Babbitt deserves justice and the American people deserve to know the truth about what happened to her. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening, thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger, and remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.